0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned, at the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us. So be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 14. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: If you were with us last week, you know that we began talking about those areas in your life that are considered gray areas. Those areas in your life that are areas of personal conviction, maybe doubtful things. Last week, if you were with us, you know that Paul gave us two examples of gray areas where people can differ in the church and particularly in the church at Rome, there were differences in the church. The differences were in the area of diet and days. Diet and days. What can we eat? What can't we eat? What you have liberty to eat, what you have freedom to eat, what you don't, and what days you worship. What day do you worship? What days don't you worship? That was the problem. And we titled last week's sermon... Were you with me? Diversity or division, love is the key. This morning, we continue with that same title, part two, as we wrap up in chapter 14. Now, again, give me your attention. If you were with us, you know that the church at Rome, as we pointed out last week, was a diverse church. Uh, It was a diverse church. It was a church that looks like this church. I like that. I like diversity in the church. I think diversity is important in the church. Somebody clap their hands. They agree with that. (laughs) Diversity is important in the church because diversity, you know, in the church, you know, we talk about, we're all going to be in heaven together. Well, if we're going to be in heaven together, we need to learn how to live with each other now. Y'all can say a better amen than that. Amen. And, uh, and the church in the Bible was a diverse church. I don't know how the church got so sec- segregated, separated, segregated. I don't know. The church in the Bible, they were made up of all kinds of people. The church in the Bible was simply a Christian church. And there were black Christians and white Christians and Barbarians? Any barbarians in the house? <laughs> None that would admit it. And the church in Rome was a very diverse church. And the church at Rome was made up of Jews and Gentiles. And remember, we talked about the Jewish people were coming to the church, and the Jewish people, are you listening, were coming from a legalistic framework of being under the law. And now they are learning in the church to be free. They're learning liberty and they're learning freedom in Christ. So the Jewish people are coming out of legalism toward grace and the Gentiles are coming into the church and they're coming from a pagan lifestyle They're coming from hedonism. They're coming from worshiping at pagan altars and temple prostitutes. And they're coming from living a life of pleasure and living a life of drunkenness into the church. So the Gentiles that are coming into the church are coming from total freedom toward balance. So you have these two groups of believers. Some enjoy their freedom and some enjoy their liberty And some of these younger believers who are more legalistic, they haven't grown. They don't understand yet that they can't earn their salvation, that it's a free gift of God. They don't understand yet that it's not about what you eat or don't eat or what you do or don't do or what days you worship, whether you worship on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday or Sunday. It's not about all that. The younger, weaker Christians, well, they haven't had time to grow yet. So they don't get this whole grace thing. You see? And so Paul, he's been telling them, the Jews and the Gentiles, don't be so judgmental of each other in these gray areas. Now, please understand what I'm saying. Listen to me. We are not talking about the areas that are essential to the Christian faith. Do we understand that there are things in our lives as believers, there is uh, teachings in the church that are essential, that if you do not believe these teachings, you cannot be saved. There are doctrines and principles that we understand that are essential and they are non-negotiable. Like what, Rodney? Well, the virgin birth is non-negotiable. The blood atonement Somebody say amen is non-negotiable. The death, the resurrection and the return of Jesus, the inspiration or the inerrancy. That means that the Bible is without error. That is key and it is fundamental in your belief as a Christian. Now, there are those are non-negotiables, but there's a lot of things in our faith. and, and, And as we understand the scriptures that are negotiable. That if we don't hold the same position, it's okay. We can fellowship together. For example, if you have a different position as it relates to the second coming, that's fine. If you have a different position as it relates to the rapture of the church, that's fine. If you believe in a post-tribulation rapture position, you're wrong, but you can have that position. (laughs) We don't have to divide over some of these non-essentials, if you will. Those are negotiables. I like what Augustine said, at the risk of sounding redundant, as I pointed out last week, I'll tell you again, Augustine said this, and I love it. In essentials, there must be unity. In non-essentials, there must be liberty. In all things, there must be charity. Isn't that a great statement? Well, last week, I need to turn in my Bible. Last week, we left off in verse 13. This morning, let's pick up Romans chapter 14, beginning in verse 13. If you're looking at it, say amen. Amen. Therefore, let us not judge one another in verse 13 any longer, but rather resolve this not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in your brother's way. I know in verse 14 and am convinced. Would you underline that? I know and I'm convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one whom Christ died for. Therefore, do not let your good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God, I love verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but somebody help me, what is it? It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace. That means to run it down. That means to chase after the things that make for peace and the things by which one may edify, build up another and do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for a man who eats with offense. It is good neither to eat meat nor to drink wine nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made what weak. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats. Why? Because he does not eat from faith. Whatever is not from what? Faith is sin. This is a powerful passage. This is a practical text. Notice Paul says, back up in verse 13, Paul says, don't put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in your brother's way. Give me your attention. Paul's talking about your brother. When he talks about your brother, He's talking about the weaker brother, the younger Christian, the one who is childlike in their faith. You know, I think of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18 and verse six. Jesus said, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he would drown in the depth of the sea. I like that. Jesus, listen, takes little ones very seriously. Don't you know? A little nursery rhyme says Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world. What color are they? Black and white. They are Well, only this half of the room know it. (laughs) What, did y'all not know? What's wrong with you? Y'all need some coffee? What color are they? Red and yellow, black and white. They're all precious in his sight. Jesus loves the kids. Jesus said he loves them so much that he said, if you hurt one of them, it would be better for you to be killed by drowning. By tying a millstone around your neck. Now listen, a millstone is a half ton massive rock. And if you hung a millstone around your neck, what do you think gonna happen? <laughs> you sunk. Now you gotta understand something here. Are you listening? When Jesus spoke those words to Jewish people, this was a powerful, incredible picture because Jewish people were not sea people. They hated the sea. As a matter of fact, Jewish people thought the sea was evil. So Jesus is given a vivid, real description of terror if you hurt a child. Now, I don't think that Jesus is talking about here just children. Stay with me that Jesus is just talking about children in age. I think Jesus is also talking about children who are children spiritually. I think this applies to spiritual children or weaker children. We who are strong should, shouldn't cause those who are weaker to stumble. And there are many ways where we can stumble a weaker christian stronger christian listen there are many ways that we can stumble a weaker christian a younger christian i love to be around new christians i love to be around new christians are excited about the lord they're like yeah the lord is good praise the lord New, young Christians, new Christians. I love. Look, if I need prayer for healing, I'm gonna ask a new Christian. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm telling new Christian. You ask somebody who's been walking with the Lord for a long time. Well, I need to. I need to be healed. I need prayer for healing. Well, now if the Lord willeth, <laughs> if thine would thou save, we. faith before you know it, you're in a the theological discussion. Man, I just need prayer. I don't need a theological dissertation on the will of the Lord. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> but new Christian, man, you need prayer for healing. They're just like, yeah, come on, Pastor, let's pray. Lord, just touch them. Heal them now. In Jesus' name, God, I can believe it. It's done. New Christians, they just are a joy to be around. And you come to church and new Christians, they're excited to hear the worship. They love the worship. Oh, Lord. Oh, Pastor right, the worship is awesome. I love the music. I love the words to the song. I can't believe it, I can't believe it. And you can stumble a new Christian if you're not careful. Cause they're all excited about the things of God. And you go, well, they go, oh, I love the songs of worship. Oh, I love the song. And you go, well, you know, we just keep singing that song, blessed be the name over and over. <laughs> Boy, I'm telling you, if Steve Leslie sing that song one more time. It's the blood, 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 it's the blood. (laughs) And new Christians, man, they're just like, oh, well, you know, I just love the song, man. What are you talking about? I mean, I just like the song. (laughs) Why is it that, you know, when you get older in the Lord, you seem to get crusty in the Lord. (laughs) Yeah, I said it. You get older in the Lord, it's like, oh, man, it's like, you know, you get crusty in the Lord. I don't ever, 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 ever want to get crusty in Jesus. <laughs> I, I really don't. I mean, and look, we, you know, and the world knows it, too. They know it. When you get you, a new Christian, give it life to Christ. You tell somebody in the world, they go, oh, well, that's nice you'll cool off after some time sure you'll cool off I remember when I first became a Christian you know they, they told me that I, went to, I, I got saved on a Saturday night I went to work on Monday morning I told y'all I, I mean my mode of evangelism maybe it was a zeal but not according to knowledge I would meet people and I was excited about the Lord I'd meet people hey man how you doing great you're a Christian no you're going to hell <laughs> did you know you're going to hell You know, and I was one of those Christians that, you know, I when I got saved, I mean, I thought, you know, honestly, guys, I was one of those people that had like a radical conversion. Just like that. I was this way on on Saturday, on Friday and I was that way on Saturday. I was changed just like that. And my whole life was changed just like that. And I thought, man, this is the best news. This is the best thing I have ever heard in my 21 years at that time. And now here I am 10 years later. Oh, mathematicians, huh? (laughs) And, you know, here, you know, I I just, I I just, I was so changed that I thought, everybody's got to hear this. So I remember getting dressed up on a Friday and I put on my suit and tie and, you know, because I'm, I'm going out street witness and, you know, I got to, I got to go out. I'm be sharp now. You know, you can't go out looking crazy. Okay, so I put on my suit and tie and I went out street with I was one of those kind of people standing on the corner. Hey, hey, you're going to hell! Everybody, Jesus is coming. And I noticed people were walking on the other side of the street. I couldn't figure out why. So I went on the other side of the street and everybody crossed over. I couldn't figure out why. It didn't make sense to me. Well, people told me, they said, oh, you'll cool off. You'll cool off. Oh, you know what? You'll cool off after some time. Guys, I can tell you, I've been walking with God for 25 years and I really haven't cooled off. I I really. And you shouldn't either. None of us should. None of us should. We always need to have that zeal for God. We always need to be concerned about the weaker brother or the weaker sister. The Bible tells us that we should not be stumbling stones, but watch this, stepping stones. We're supposed to be stepping stones to help a a new believer, to help a new Christian to know God better. Not stumbling stones. So Paul says in verse 13, go ahead and look at it again. We got to move forward. Don't judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this not to put what, saints? A stumbling block or a cause to fall in your brother's way. And then Paul says, I know, and I'm convinced. You know, when I study the Bible, I try to look, listen, I try to look at every word. And I realize that every word in the Bible is there strategically placed by the Holy Spirit. So notice Paul says in this order, I know and I'm convinced. I first know, and then I'm convinced. You know, I think oftentimes many people are convinced before they know. And when you are convinced before, you know, that leads to legalism. But when you know and then you're convinced, well, that brings freedom. That brings liberty that produces a relationship and not religion. I don't know about you. Are you listening? I am sick of religion. I'm sick of religion and I think the world is sick of religion. You know, one guy told me one time, he says, you know what? He says, I'm sick of religion. I don't want anything to do with religion. I don't want anything to do with religion. I'm sick of it. I said, really? Me too. He looked at me like I was crazy. (laughs) I'm the pastor. You're sick of religion. Yeah, I'm sick of religion. and I think the world is sick of religion. And I believe every Christian should be sick of religion because religion, think about it. Religion has produced nothing but bad fruit. I look throughout history in the name of religion, wars have been fought in the name of religion. People have been imprisoned and tortured in the name of religion. People have been discriminated against and enslaved and killed in the name of religion. People, pardon me, religion produces petty people and hard hearted legalists. religion causes men to judge one another. Religion produces a church full of hypocrites. And when people come, they feel like they have to put on airs because nobody wants to get real that we're all struggling together. But religion says now church is the place you put on your face. No wonder the world doesn't want to come to church because it's not real. And because when they do come to church, well, then because we are so religious and hypocritical. We talked about it last week. We judge people. And if they don't fit into our box and what we think they ought to look like. Then we judge them, make them feel uncomfortable and unwanted. And then they go right back out in the world, because I'll tell you what. They'll they'll accept them in the world. That's one thing about people who don't know God. They accept each other. Here we claim to know God, to love God, to be worshiping the God of the universe. And we don't accept anybody. The church is almost a us for no more club. Somebody say, "Amen." it's right. It's true. I'm sick of religion and I want nothing to do with religion because religion fills people with guilt and shame. Religion is man's way. Christianity, on the other hand, listen to me. Christianity, on the other hand, is not a religion at all. Saints, somebody say amen. Amen. Christianity is not a religion. That's why God said, I don't like religion. I go, me neither. Because Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship. If you don't know, you write that down. Christianity is a relationship. It's a relationship between a person and the living God of the universe. Religion is man's attempt to reach up and please God. Christianity is a relationship of God reaching down to man. Christianity is God reaching out to us in the person of Christ and wanting us to come to God and to come to God in a relationship. Christianity will free you from guilt. Christianity is not a religion it's a relationship. Religion and legalism kills. And might I add, where there is religion and legalism, God is not there. Can you say a better amen than that? You know, listen to stories. Story of an old cowboy who goes to church One Sunday morning, this old cowboy entered a church. Are you listening? Just before the services began. And this old man in his clothes, they were spotlessly clean. He wore jeans and a denim shirt and boots that were worn and ragged. And in his hand, he carried a worn out hat and an equally worn out Bible. Well, the church he entered was very upscale and an exclusive part of the city. It was the largest, most beautiful church the old cowboy had ever seen. Well, the people of the congregation was all, were all dressed up in expensive clothes and accessories. And as the cowboy took a seat, the others moved away from him. Nobody greeted him. Nobody spoke to him. Nobody welcomed him. They were all appalled at his appearance and did not attempt to hide it. Well, the preacher gave a long sermon about hell, fire, and brimstone and stern lecture on how much money the church needed. And as the old cowboy was leaving the church, the preacher approached him and asked the cowboy to do him a favor. The preacher said, cowboy, before you come back here again, I want you to have a talk with God and ask him what he thinks would be appropriate attire for church. Well, the old cowboy assured the preacher that he would. Well, the next Sunday he showed back up for the services, wearing the same jeans, the shirt, the boots and the hat. Well, once again, he was completely shunned and ignored. The preacher approached the man and said, I thought I asked you to speak to God before you came back to this church. I did, replied the old cowboy. Well, if you spoke to God, then what did he tell you was a proper clothing for church services? Well, said the cowboy, God told me that he didn't have a clue what I should wear. He said he had never been in this church before. (laughs) How sad is that? But true, God cannot be a part of a church, a group, a body of people who are just legalistic and most unlike Him.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times,